All right, thanks for uh, joining us. This is our second podcast. Saturday Night Freak Show. <laughs> That's right. Colin, how you feeling tonight? Uh, off to a good start drinking Shiner Holiday Cheer. Travis? Feeling loose. I got my Pepsi. Nice. And Tom, now Tom, this is your movie pick tonight, so uh, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Uh, the Adventures of Tintin. We actually watched it in 3D. In 3D. Colin has a 3D TV. I have some 3D glasses. We put together five 3D glasses, so we were able to watch it in 3D. I chose The Adventures of Tintin in 3D because I actually really liked that movie when it came out last year and wanted an opportunity to, to see it again. Give us a chance to talk about it, watch it in 3D. It's a fun movie. Fun movie. Yeah, it was it was actually, movie. it was the first time I saw it in 3D, and it was amazing. Like, yeah, it's fun, fun 3D. I like how everything was in focus. That's you'll soon learn my uh, <laughs> my main problem with 3D movies. See, I don't, I don't have that problem focus. with with 3D, man. The thing that I don't like about the new crop of 3D movies. I'm talking about like everything that's been basically produced since Avatar is that they don't actually they're afraid to actually shoot stuff in 3D. Like everything's a really shallow depth of field. You know, you go back and you look at, you know, we were just watching uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon because that came out with the Universal Monsters set and like the 3D and that like stuff goes way in the background and comes way out in the foreground. And even Tintin was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't flat like. Like movie like Ghost Rider, that the second one, whatever, that was like really like yeah. I felt ripped off. Tintin actually like the 3D was pretty cool. They just don't put anything like it was no Beowulf into the there's audience. A few, well, there yeah, was Beowulf a few, was really cool. I thought yeah. a few of the pirate swords, you know, they did a nice like sweeping. Yeah, body but they don't do that kind of like you know. I mean, they don't poke it in your face. They, the yeah, letter, but that's what I'm the letter kind of, you know, it. I tell you, if you see Rise of the Guardians, that snowflake, yeah. that's one of those. Just like the Jack in the Box, Jack O' Lantern uh-huh. at the oh, beginning yeah, yeah, yeah. of Nightmare Before yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah, yeah. in the yeah, TV when that was in, Yeah, when that was in theaters. You know, that, that was really, that sitting in your lap, you know, that yeah. like, was so uncomfortable. It's in your face. and. But those moments, I mean, you know, they keep saying that that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it's gimmicks and it, like, it draws you out of the movie and all that when they actually poke you in the, in the eye with some kind of, you know, something coming off the screen. But, like, that's what I'm paying for. It's like if I'm going to pay this premium to see a movie in 3D, it's like I want you to hit me in the face with something at least like you know once every ten minutes. I mean, it wasn't just Steven Spielberg's like it was one because they all made legitimate movies. Scorsese made Hugo, which was an animated oh, yeah, movie yeah. as well. But the 3D in that is actually I would argue like it's good 3D. I mean, and then Spielberg made Tintin. Tintin. And who was the third one? Uh, Peter Jackson. He's making you know, he did The Hobbit. Okay, but he also worked on Tintin. Yeah, right? like quite a bit, I guess. It turns, you know, because they were saying that like Spielberg directed for thirty thirty days, and then uh, Peter Jackson took over. Okay. I'm like, what? So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it says <laughs> Steven Spielberg directed it, but I mean, I, apparently he was not always directing the actors. Right. Which that's kind of strange, but and I think uh, Peter Jackson is supposed to do the sequel. Okay. Like they really? made a deal, so they're gonna flip roles for the second one. Hmm. What do you guys think of the story? I I dig it. I like the story. I uh, not knowing anything about the comics, it if you know it does like Tom said earlier when we were watching it, it feels like uh, Indiana Jones movie. Well, <coughs> I thought that was a good comment. <laughs> that was that was some sky situation. Because what's funny no. is you know it feels like an Indiana Jones movie, 
you know, the comic book started in 1929, where those were the adventures that, you know, Indiana Jones is yeah. based off yeah. of, you know, so yeah, but Indiana it Jones feels like Adventures of Tintin in many ways. Right. You well, know, that's, that's what they said. That's what I love about uh That's how Spielberg got the idea for it, was he said that his Raiders of the Lost Ark was uh, referred to as a Tintin kind of adventure in a French uh, magazine. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So, who got inspired who? Yeah. Well, yeah, for it, sure, I mean... It reminded me of uh, Indiana Jones or like Uncharted, which is like that Indiana yeah. Jones. I mean, it's it's very much the action sequence, but it's also like it's a constant, it's a constant mystery, right? So there's <laughs> right, there's constantly. constant there's constant action sequences going on, but then there's con- this constant like. You know, we find this scroll, and we got to go here. There's, there's a mystery it, going on at all times. And it's almost like the how, and you know, basically in the, in the 20s and 30s, all the movies really romanticized traveling, and tra- you know, traveling was like yeah. the big. That was the adventure. Is, is something that's going to take you, you know, yeah. away, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Egypt. Yeah, to, you yeah. know, it's always the Egypt or oceans, and you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is. It's kind of. It's just like a big adventure movie. It's just. Uh, I don't know. There's something still, you know, because I saw it in the theater. You so know, you felt because, like, yeah. I, 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 when I watched this movie last year, I said I loved it, right? Yeah. And I then remember. when I asked Colin, Colin was like, oh, "I fell asleep. I hated it." He watched it again. He s- said he s- still hated it, like the no, second no. time he saw it. Well, when was the, that? Was now, right? No, you watched it again. You <laughs> fell asleep. Again. You fell. Asleep I fell asleep again. again. Okay, so there's something about this movie that is keeping me. At arm's length, but tonight I was awake through the whole thing. <laughs> no, not yeah, when I saw the theater. I don't know what it was. I just it was a bad day or early morning or whatever, and I passed out. And uh, yeah, I mean it just didn't keep my attention. And you know, I was thinking when this was on earlier, it's like I don't know if you guys do this, but like part of it was just like looking at the the craft of making it. And so I wasn't actually engaged in the story. It was more just like looking at it, being <laughs> flabbergasted at how much effort went into making this movie. It's like, yeah. you know, and and so I think I was I was outside of the movie, just thinking of it like that, you know. Just not taking the run. Yeah, and <clears> even <throat> like in all like the wide shots, there's always stuff going on, like little funny situations going well, on. It's that's amazing. I mean, yeah, it's flabbergasted. Well, it's just that, that classic comedy. It's just that classic comedy where you know it's able to do slapstick. Where you know nowadays it's corny in movies, but that's yeah. why I really still like the animated medium is. Is uh, it allows for, you know, just just normal comedy to me. You know, it's something that's not necessarily just jokes at people or, you yeah. know, like when the guy fell into the dress. It's like, man, how funny has dudes being in dresses? You know, how long? Well, has like that half, been that funny? Stuff, you know, half that stuff, half that stuff with the dog forever. you couldn't do in, in, in without. Yeah, exactly, given the dog's right. such a human personality yeah. and and. Uh, uh, you know, I was actually thinking ever since you brought up Pixar movies last week, I was thinking about what makes animated movies, I think, even better than a lot of action movies, or just normal live-action movies. And I think it's because they're, since they think they're talking to a children audience primarily, they really just cut to the basics. They cut to the emotion. They don't really... You know, we're always trying to fluff movies for the demographics, the money, but they figure they're just making it for children... So they're just going to make the heart of the movie just the primary heart of the movie. So you don't have to have all this extra crap that I find to be, you know, just a waste of time anyway. I believe Colin watched Brave this week yeah. as well. Yeah. What would you think? 
I don't know. It's one of those things. My problem with those types of movies is they keep me at a distance because the the Can't whatever the theme or whatever. Uh, well, there was that too. I mean, yeah, because I was sitting there going like, well, this is you know would have been better if I was a twelve year old girl. But you know, part of it is just like you know. It's like, I don't know, I'm getting old. You know, I guess it's part of it. It's you're like, you know, the, yeah, they're giving you this, like, life lesson, and it's like, okay, I know this shit. I, I you know, I found I that out when I was know. I don't 12. think adults do know those life lessons, though. The older yeah, well, I get, I, I think I mean, adults, well, I do. you know, I mean, because that's why it, they it ignore feels like I'm ahead lessons. of it, and it's, it's like, funny. okay. And then you end up watching it more as, like, you know, as a technical achievement, which, you know, I think even, you know, if we were going to compare those two movies, Brave and uh, Tintin, like Tintin, yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen an animated film that's like that well realized. Like, yeah, it was, ever. oh, it was, I thought, that's what I love. It's like everything was so realistic, but, uh, you know, they still took true uh, to uh, that Hair J guy's art style with the, the big noses yeah. and the accentuated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I so it that doesn't really have awesome. that uncanny valley kind of thing <laughs> where it looks too human. Like, we, I just watched the Polar Express with my nephew this last week and. That's got, you know, those creepy, the creepy-eyed kids and stuff. This sidesteps all that by having, like, these cartoonish... Since this is based off a comic book, um, and Travis is a resident comic book extra expert, does this feel like a comic book movie? I mean, we, where does this... Well, is it definitely this... feels like a comic book movie because, like we were talking about, how, uh, you know, that action-adventure style before it was ever in chapter serials even you know that is the comic book and the radio shows you know that was the adventures those were the type of you know going into the jungle going to into the desert and and uh so i mean it's definitely it's funny how there aren't even that many movies like that anymore how it really did kind of stop in the 50s almost it's kind of a there was nice sky captain in the world of tomorrow yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's a retro, yeah. you know, that's yeah, a yeah, retro yeah, idea. Yeah. You know, it's the Rocketeer, the, you know. Well, you got, yeah, but the, I think the, 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 the franchise that's taken that over is James Bond, right? I mean, like every James Bond movie the seems spy like. thing. Yeah, and it's the glitz, the glamour, the going to different. The technology. Yeah, but he's always, like, going to go play, you know, cards in Monte Carlo. <laughs> then we got to go to the desert for something. And then we're going over here to, you know, chase this guy down on a, you know. It's the globe trotting. Shit hopping, yeah. 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 Yeah, the around the world in eighty days, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fascination with traveling, yeah, which I mean would be awesome. But back in the day, I mean, because that would take you, you know, shit, just to go across the ocean would be, you know, what a uh, month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you travel whatever. around or whatever. You know, you would be on vacation for four to six months. What, what yeah. time do we? Time. What yeah. time do we think this movie was set in? We should have looked at that newspaper before we oh, started right, this, yeah. <laughs> but we should have looked at it because uh, the comic book started in 1929 and ran to 1976. We were trying to, the cars look like they're definitely, you know, 1930s, 1920. I mean, so it's definitely not prohibition or whenever they. Well, I mean, so it's yeah, because uh, well, there's no mention though, of wait. It was I mean, really English, though, or French. Yeah. English and French. I don't know what... Yeah, so see, that'd be funny. It'd be awesome to watch this in French war. with English subtitles <laughs> to get the, uh, you know, the way the French people would, would see their character, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I did see that it was based on three, uh, three Tintin stories. 
They oh, yeah? Secret of the Unicorn, the something and the crab. Oh, so they're actual adaptations. Yeah, but then, together. like you guys were saying, all those, uh, the headlines on the uh, the newspapers in his apartment do reference back to old Tintin adventures. And that's why I like, I'd like to see, because uh, it was like an introduction to the Captain character, and I've never really read the comic books, but it always seemed like the Captain character was was kind of a partner alongside Tintin a mm-hmm. lot, you know? Yeah. Same thing with those two, Anderson and Anderson, or Thompson and Thompson, mm. wasn't it? Thompson and Thompson. Thompson, Thompson, Thompson. yeah. Well, I, I was yeah. kind of surprised this movie didn't really go much into them, whether they're, like, they're just cops or... Well, now, maybe I, I got a little bit Wait, lost. Well, I, I was I was looking at the a Wikipedia thing, and, and tin, it says Tintin age is never accurately revealed within the comics. Yeah, well, you're But right. they say... Uh, they describe him as a worldly young adult. He's old enough to enter a pub and drink beer. Yeah. No, but, but I don't over know. in Europe, how old is that? Yeah. They let him, like, 14? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. 14. It says, in 1979, Herge settled the matter when Herge stated that his first thought the character was 14 or 15 years old. Oh, but yeah. now let's say that he is 17. So Just to make things a little bit more yeah. better, you know, it, PC. But back yeah, in the television yeah. episode Secret of the Unicorn, Tintin's passport states that his birth year is 1929. So, I mean, <laughs> we're going to assume he's probably like... 18, 19, somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, we're just going so with that like general young adult. I mean, because <laughs> like he, he can definitely, he, he can definitely yeah. handle yeah. a gun, cause, and, he, and he's a great shot. He can drive. Yeah. I mean, 21. he was Man, doing some decent kung fu martial art moves with like taking <laughs> <laughs> taking dudes down. You know, That's I mean, also like another thing where I was talking about the je- you know the the globe hopping jet setting. Also, another theme that is constant in those type of adventures is always journalists. You know the the person telling the truth to the man on the street. Uh, you know, yeah. that's like always the excuse for Superman. Tintin, you know, every the journalist, the the person that's going to put the word out there, finding out the truth. The I'm person that's going to go the, to the extent uh, it takes. For the big uh, adaptation of like Diabolique or one of those like Italian comics, you know the Jewel Thief. You know him, don't don't you? No. Actually, no, I don't. Oh well, so there you go. No, yeah, that's a comic book I've never heard of. Oh, I've yeah, never really yeah. delved much into because foreign. Foreign, or maybe it's diabolic. For, not a lot of foreign people yeah, like. Diabolic. They don't like superheroes. They don't like superheroes that much. Not a lot of foreign comics are. Well, this guy's not really superheroes. Superhero. An American thing like baseball and motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. Superhero. <laughs> yeah. But so. So Tom, did you uh, had you read the comics at all before seeing the movie, or no, no, I I had. What actually. about there was a television series from 1991 to 92. I want to say it's like 34 episodes. They're French made, but I think HBO showed them in America. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, know, I never, Tintin. I never saw, any, I, I never saw anything. The only thing I heard, I mean, like I saw like the trailer for Tintin. And I'm like, wow, this looks like a cool little action adventure. I mean, it's got it. It check marks everything that I like in a movie. It's got action adventure. It's got pirates. Pirates. It's got, it's got <laughs> a little, awesome. a little terrier type dog that reminds me exactly of my dog that I had when I was a kid and yeah. the crazy adventures that me and my dog would get into. So like, I mean, it just reminds me of like me when I was young playing with my schnauzer. Uh. Going on adventures. Plus, it's got a sword-fighting battle featuring cranes. Yeah, I mean... Shipping cranes. Right, I mean, it's got... I mean, it has, like, 
it's got that crazy scene in Monaco with like the tanks and the yeah. and the the canals. Yeah, well, that was, that, that's yeah. that one shot that we were saying. That's like one interu- uninterrupted take that went on for, like, you know, I don't know what that was like three to five minutes long, something like that. It was easy, easily five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. The camera easy. swoops along. You're following. Uh, you know, the two the characters are all trying to get this uh, this parchment, this piece of s- scroll, and it's flapping around. And like you know, an eagle picks it up, or the terrier gets it, or Tintin gets it, Haddock gets it, you know, Saccharine gets it, and it's just like an amazing showcase piece. And I'm, I can't imagine that Spielberg was sitting there, you know, probably going like, you know, this is one of the, you know, reasons I want to do this. Yeah. You know, is you can make a movie where the laws of physics don't apply. You can you know, the camera can go anywhere. I, mean, I think that's that's why that's why animated movies, I mean, that's what makes animated movies so cool because like you can do things 100% control over the that you don't yeah, have does like that, you know, it's like I I don't like it when I see in live action movies where they do CG shots where the camera does something that like a, an actual physical operator couldn't do, it always takes me out of the movie somehow. And the camera like zooms back, you know, like five hundred yards or something like that, or right. further, a mile, you know. It's just right. it. I don't like that. But I mean, if you can do a CG camera that can duplicate, you know, a move that a that a human or a helicopter or something could do, you know, I mean, did I, this? I, like I mean, the, the question I guess I guess I, I have to ask is. Did they choose the right animation style with the whole CG kind of character? Should they have used, like, the Disney hand-drawn animation? Do the animation that they used? Or could they have done this movie live-action? I mean, did they choose... they were talking about doing it live-action. Like, Spielberg, back in, like, 84 or something, was talking about doing it as a live-action movie. I think it's, as far as motion capture goes, I said this before, but... I think that it's like the, you know, they're pushing the technology limits. I mean, it was the most realistic, like, the next, you know, you turn that next page in motion capture and it's filming real people with a real camera, you know, it's live action. This is as close to live action, like, minus the faces, you know, and the exaggerated noses and stuff like that. I would yeah, swear. Yeah, they look really you know, real. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if you blurred your eyes you would swear it was yeah. actual actors I mean this that. movie came out like I mean like Scorsese did this was Steven Spielberg's 3D masterpiece he also did War Horse at the same time and then Scorsese did Hugo at the same time yeah. in 3D so I mean you have those two movies comparing those two movies I mean because they both came out I mean they're completely different movies yeah, but I would almost stick this in like league with like what Robert Zemeckis was doing, you know, because he he went off. Okay, well, well, you have Avatar, right? Where Avatar is pretty much a completely CG movie, CG environment, CG actors, the whole bit. And I mean that, you know, just because they're aliens. I mean, I keep forgetting when I'm watching it that like you're not looking at an actual forest. Like that is a computer generated forest. It's like wow. Yeah. You know. Uh, but then you know Zemeckis, so he goes off and does the, his three movies, right? So he did uh, Polar Express, Beowulf, and uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. And yeah. so this was pretty much, and then you got Lord of the Rings, and they're doing you know stuff you know there. Uh, Peter Jackson. So this is like this is the evolution of those. Well, I mean, Hugo Hugo was definitely like a like we're sma- here's my message. I'm just gonna beat my. Me- I mean, I, that's what I took away from Hugo. 
like the clear like there's a message this movie's got an agenda you're well, saying yeah yeah it has a clear cut agenda preserve film preserve film you know i mean it's not a bad <laughs> message but you they're beating you over the head with that message yeah. well tintin is just like an action adventure reminiscent of like um i mean it could the preservianists could be trying to like does it bring because, like, American audiences haven't heard of Tintin. Right. Like, who is Tintin? Like, I, I've never really... Yeah, I didn't, until Spielberg was doing this movie. Until, I've, until then, I haven't I haven't heard of Tintin. Yeah, character. I thought it was a dog. So does that, like... Green Tintin. Uh, I was cultured. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but you're saw, into no, comics. Saw, so, well, I mean, no, Saturday there. morning. It's just the Saturday mornings on HBO. Uh, That's how I first saw Adventures of Tintin. Uh, just Saturday mornings when I was a kid. Hmm. And I don't know how old. Growing up in Germany, or how long were you in Germany? No, this was or? actually not till I came to America. Did, so you didn't hear anything about it when you were in Germany? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Okay. No. Well, I think he's big in like the UK and obviously in France. Yeah, like everywhere. I think he's been translated in 50 countries or something like that. Apparently, he Tintin is like huge in like New York, and like the like New York, I guess, is really big. Hmm. Yeah, someone was telling me. Well, that. I don't know. Tintin Does anybody know how well this movie did? Because I was not. I don't. No, it I don't seem know to either. It was like a big deal. I don't know. Out. Was this like War Horse was the bigger Steven Spielberg? Was this uh, Spielberg's first foray into 3D? Yes. Okay. Well, the dinosaur. Oh, 3D. Like, yeah, you talking about stereoscopic 3D or yeah. like yeah, then yeah, yeah. Okay. First motion capture, but I mean it's an evolution. Of, it's you know like he did stuff on AI. Do you think this was like more experimental for him? Like this is something I just want to do. Just that is. Yeah, but it, I mean, it was a love affair. Like or? It feels like that. Well, I mean, obviously he must have wanted to do it for you know what are we talking over twenty well, years. Well, it definitely feels like one of his older movies. Just the way, you know. Yeah, you're right. It, fun. It feels like an '80s movie, like yeah, an '80s weird Spielberg little movie. Thing, you know, yeah. Spielberg makes someone trying to like pick something up and having it kicked away, and then the adventure. of the dude trying to get it down the street while people kick, you know, he just, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, he just, yeah. he does that little stuff in movies that just kind of. And having the, uh, having the tools to do it to like unlimited potential, you know, I mean, in that CG <laughs> world, whatever he wanted to do, he could do because there was no limitations, like, like with the camera. And I don't think the camera ever stopped moving in one shot. I mean, it was always... Right. They try to... It just makes you have fun. It's supposed to be that, that roller coaster. Yeah, and it was able to get, like, these crazy angles. I remember there was a couple shots where it was, like, behind some furniture or something. You know, it would just get into some place where, like, you can't put a physical camera. Right. Well, you know, well, last week we were talking about what made that class, you know, that class so special in filmmaking. I think all those guys just are awesome at just telling stories with just pictures. Yeah. And they're just they're just brilliant at that. Spielberg they're, may be the best of those though. For sure. Yeah. Well for yeah. sure. I mean I didn't think Minority Report really reflected it that well. I didn't think uh God, what was what did he do after Minority Report? War of the Worlds? Yeah, that definitely didn't reflect it. <laughs> I mean, I think he's been missing something for a while, but that really felt Felt like old Spielberg. Well, you got two, two Steven Spielbergs. You have the World War II historian Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Senior Spielberg. 
and then you have like the childlike, you know, adventurous. Yeah, no, oh man, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, but the childlike yeah. Steven Spielberg. I mean, he's the guy who brought you. You know, I mean, he produced Goonies. Back to the Future, produced Goonies. You know, e. came up with a lot of those stories for movies that even he didn't direct. Yeah. In the 80s, oh, you, you can think still of his influences like, yeah. just <clears throat> all throughout it. Right. Yeah. But then that kind of, you know, like at some point he said, I want to go make the color purple. And then and Schindler's List. Like, yeah. And yeah. Well, that was even before that. Yeah, I and mean, it was like, there was a, yeah, there was a, a ramp up to, to Schindler's <laughs> List, if that's where it like crested. And then Saving Private Ryan. But there's other, you know, like he did Munich, you know, I mean. And but those yeah. movies are <clears> not <throat> as memorable as his 80s. You know, he changed. That was a good movie. Terminal. The Terminal. I did not see the Terminal. <laughs> no, it's good. Is I mean, it? you see it, and it's like that's a really good movie because you're you're talking about like one of the premier storytellers of our generation who can uh. w- with unlimited resources you yeah. know, at his disposal in, in real like world. Like yeah, Tom wanna... Hanks being stuck in a terminal. Isn't it yeah. a true story? Is it a true story? I think it's based off a true story. I'd be surprised. It might be, but I swear. I, then I, I think I Catch it was. Me If You Can is a true. Yeah, that's a true story. <clears throat> well, it's so also like I mean, you you put Spielberg and you put Tom Hanks in the, together in the room, you know, and they just <laughs> magic happens. That new Tom Hanks movie looks like Walk in the Clouds. Is, is that what it's called? Uh, I still haven't seen that. But Cloud Atlas. Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Yeah, that's from the Wachowskis. No longer crazy. the Wachowski brothers. The siblings. Really? Yeah, one of them had a sex change. No. Larry became Lana. Frickin' way. Yes. You could say fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So um, from that's how you know I'm they serious. They is when I don't care. It's just like, <laughs> oh my stars! <laughs> so that movie kind of came Great out snakes. and then disappeared. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? Like they're batting average. I know this is off topic from Tintin, but now just well, talking about the Wachowskis, you know, they did uh, Bound, which I remember I saw it. It was a pretty good movie, but like nobody else saw it. And then the, yeah. the Matrix, and then they did, and that was everybody says Matrix is awesome. Then there was the two sequels everybody says sucked. Yeah, and then sucked. Uh, yeah. Speed Racer. Speed Racer was awesome. I didn't think it was a bad movie, but like it bombed like a crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, uh, Speed Racer. How relevant is Speed Racer? Yeah, yeah. You know, those guys just love anime, but they did an anime. I mean, that's exactly. They almost made an anime movie better than like Japanese adaptations what? of their own mangas. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Speed Racer was one of those strange films. Like, when when did the anime cartoons come out? Well, we didn't bring it here until, I don't know, this maybe the 70s or something like that, but I guarantee that means that it was airing in Japan probably in the 60s or something, yeah, like 50s really maybe. Like 50s. Yeah, I don't know, 50s or 60s. It like 60s, like Because they're definitely, they're definitely, they're color, so that definitely puts us at, you know, at early 60s or something like that, late 50s, early That was 60s. an animation style that kind of used the whole, like, you know, we're using the same three <laughs> shots over and over again. Yeah. I'm talking really loud. loud. <laughs> well, well, be that's what, well, that, but that's exactly why you, he, if, if if you guys didn't hear him, he said that's you know they'd use the same shots over and over again. Well, but that's why animation got basically taken out of America's because we weren't we weren't that smart. You know, we we we. Oh, we did we did the Scooby Doo shots of like. Same, well, even with yeah. even with movies today in in theater, you know, we don't try to. 
use each cell for as long as we can. We don't make emotional camera sweep. You know, the Japanese people will have like one picture and just do like really slow camera sweeps and, and different camera shots to build emotion. You know, they create the emotion instead of trying to just animate this fully, you know, whatever. You know, you can actually save money and make it look better by doing still still images. Yeah, but their stuff, I've always thought, looks like it's kind of, you know, penny-pinching. You know, I mean, you can tell that that's what they're doing. Really? We're just going to have the no still way. and then pan. Yeah, that is the that to me is the sign of, like, where we don't really have a whole lot but of they were time always, or money. They were always better than Disney, though. I, I don't mean, know, they man. They do I mean, amazing like, stuff. You ever saw Battle Angel Alita or... I mean... Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, you know... I mean, I just keep going back to, like... Miyazaki, I mean... Those movies... That's why Disney is still releasing hand animation, but from Japan, because <laughs> there's still awesome storytellers that can still do hand, hand animation cheap, yeah. and America had to quit doing hand animation. Filmation was the last animation yeah, house in uh, America for, well, like, Well, I guess... TV. Hold on a second. Let me define what I'm talking about here. Thing, when we're talking TV. about, like, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or something like that, uh, Disney, like, hand-animated... Everything. I mean, it's like fully animated. There's no like over or reused shots of or stills or you know cells in those movies. I mean, it's like completely fluid. And then over time, I mean, like or rotoscoping and yeah, stuff rotoscoping. like that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's like they're full full sure. animation. And then over time, it's like you know, and then when you get into like television animation and like the filmation stuff, they're like you know, well, we can hang on this shot for like two frames. Then the but, next one okay. for two frames, or this one for five, or this one just changes his mouth. Or, well, for a little you know. history, a lot of those early Disney animations, they were flops. They really didn't make the returns that they needed. And that's why Warner Brothers, and all, as soon as TV was invented, it was too expensive to make all these cartoons for theaters. So that's why it went to TV. And that's why you need to learn those penny pinching techniques or yeah. whatever to make it. Well, no, I'm not saying that. that and that's you know, why it went away from America. Yes, yeah. you know we. I mean, if you can if you can utilize it, I mean, the, you know, the story again is always king. So it's you know, however it's presented is the secondary uh, to like what the the concept. Oh yeah, is. like a South Park. Yeah. Are there right, any exactly. Japanese studios like doing American arts? I mean, because like when you look at like a Japanese like animation, you'd be like, oh, that's Japanese animation, like. But, like, and when you look at, like, American animation, it's like, that's American animation. Well, most American animation, it seems like, is done in J by Japanese animators or Korean animators anyway. I don't well, know they do it, but, you know, character design is usually controlled by Americans. Yeah, yeah and we do, like, we do whatever. the keyframes or whatever. We do keyframe animation, and they do the in-between. Yeah. But, I mean, no, they, they don't do anything American because... They have their style. I mean, that's their style. It's, well, it's funny. It's actually our style. Their style is our style from the 30s. It's Betty Boop. That's what the big eyes and all that stuff. It's all Betty Boop and, yeah. and Popeye and stuff like that. That's why they don't like our style. Like, I was actually just reading this, uh, you know, uh, uh, I forget what, what uh, network it was, but they did... Uh, the the Marvel Iron Man Blade X Men Wolverine and usually what like anime yeah oh. anime styles it was for I don't know if it was for Spike TV or if it was for that I don't know what's that G I mean I don't know G4 what the, G4 yeah yeah it yeah. might have been for them but I'm not sure 
and which is no more, by the way. But a lot uh, of times, of uh, Japanese people, they always want to change whatever we have because, you know, to drawing like thin eyes like we would normally draw is it, it, it means the character is evil to them. You know, that's why they got to do the big eyes because I mean, from the Betty Boop, that's how you know your character is a positive, good guy. Mm. They've got the big eyes, but if you draw American style, the Japanese people would interpret it differently. That makes sense. So are you talking about when you're saying uh, American style? Are we talking? So you're talking about like in character design or like in actual like frames per second? No, because I mean design. I saw like character design, character design, oh, okay. like okay. anime yeah, 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 just okay. the actual yeah, style. Well, I remember seeing like uh, what is it? Was frames it? per second. Oh, no, I don't know. They're probably pal. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I no, like, I mean like if you animate actually 24 frames a second, or if you're only no, doing like totally 15 that. or yeah, something. Yeah, for sure. Because like well, most of yeah, the stuff Akira, TV or paper. Yeah, but Akira and I think uh, Steam Boy and probably Metropolis. I mean, when it's it Kashiro Matomo oh, yeah. or whatever when he his stuff, you know. They, I mean, those are like big productions, and they're going yeah. for like that more fluid for sure. style. Well, who's yeah. that? Who's that guy that's like super famous and did like the Toro? Yeah, that's the Toro, it? Toro, and the Miyazaki. Uh, he did Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. Yeah, that, like that guy's like he's like gold. Like he's like mainstream. Oh yeah, anime. He's. he's his stuff's actually lo, lo, those stories are like phenomenal. Those are phenomenal. All of them. Like, are. Those movies are the, really the good. The Secret World of Arietti, Ar- the uh, the uh, adaptation of The Borrowers. That was a really good movie. Spirit Away. Spirit Away was really good. Those are all distributed yeah. here by Disney, right? It's like yeah, a, it's like a really good ghost. It's like a really good ghost story, and uh, so I, mean, I see like it's really uh, good is Pom, uh, Pom Poco and Porco Rosso. Porco Rosso. I've heard of that. Porco Rosso. Porco Rosso is awesome. That's like a classic. Weird. Movie. Did you hear? I mean, did you guys see like back in the? I'm gonna say it was the late '80s or '90s, like the Grave of the Fireflies and. Uh, what was that other one? Was it had like the shock troops on the cover? And I'm like, this looks really cool. I can't remember what. Never saw Grave of the Fireflies. I've heard um, good things about Grave of the Fireflies. I've heard, yeah, I've heard good same thing with like what their the Watership Down adaptation. I've heard good things. Oh, yeah, that. that's supposed to be. Really I saw good. the old uh, man. Who was it? Who? What studio did that here? Oh, I think I did see Grave of the Fireflies. It's really, really, yeah. It's really uh, dark. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really it's dark. Really heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah it's really heavy because it's, it's, it's pretty much like Grave of the Fireflies is essentially like pretty much the story of like the atomic bombing of mm-hmm. uh, Tokyo and the kind of aftermath of that. Yeah. But and I mean, just like that, that's what it deals that with. They deal with that stuff in like animation. Like, role. animation is like yeah. not, you know, I mean, I guess we've talked about this before, you know. But it's all in Japan, you know, animation can be, you can tell adult same stories. Same thing with, yeah, the comic books you know? and, you know. But well, like you were saying, it's penny pinching. It's like they've never had money to do movies. That's why, you know, Godzilla movies look the way they look. Yeah. <laughs> Even though their miniatures are awesome. Yeah. Well, no, I, I thought you were. I thought you were advocating using those techniques because they you produce should. better. Uh, they emotional do. Pro- they do, and it makes it cheaper, so it can actually be in your hands now. That's why I like. I do like the use of computers because that at least brings back some of some American production. You know, computers makes it easier for Americans to actually start getting back into the game a little bit. Mm. Yeah, but see, I mean, the, like the last like mainstream. I mean, like granted. This was pretty, uh, 
you know, I mean, it's a kid's book. It's got a, you know, a dog in it's it. It's a family movie. It's a family film. Well, kind of, but, I mean, the kid's running around with guns. I mean, it's more like, you know, it's a it's more of a Raiders of the Lost Ark than it is a Disney film. family. Yeah, action is still you know. Yeah, it's for older kids though. I mean, you gotta you be think? like. I don't know, yeah, man. Guns, guns is like one of like, the first things you get as a little would, boy. You know, I gun. would bet that thing. I, we'd have to check. It, that's probably PG at least. It PG. is PG. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. But it, what's funny is like the PG like the description for why it's PG is like drunkenness and some you know smoking some smoking for smoking not guns but they're firing <laughs> guns not guns smoking and they don't yeah. like <laughs> nobody I, gets I don't think anybody actually gets shot but many oh, people no. get, maybe the many FBI people get agent. slashed with a sword well, yeah, it was definitely shot. the guy at the beginning <laughs> the FBI the agent got shot oh that's killed. right yeah he got yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. the guy yeah. that warned him about the whatever yeah, yeah so. you're right yeah. my favorite character the one that's dying and gives a clue. To warn the main oh. character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spell out some really long, complicated word. <laughs> With my last ounce of energy and Closer. my last breath. Closer. That's how you do it. So, the like, phoenix rises in the night. <laughs> yeah. The is against the wall. And, I, you know, I, I guess... I was trying to think if there was blood in the film. I guess there was there with the clues, but I don't think. Yeah, no, yeah. No, cause other I than mean, that, like the pirates were going through and like. That's how they get away with right violence. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I, I was just no thinking gore. about that watching the movie because it's like I saw Avengers. I saw people dying left and right with like arrows and M16 machine gun fire, or M14 or whatever, and I'm like, my God. You know, just the fact that there's no blood, you know, people think it's okay to us, you know. There was a moment when I saw, like, him stab somebody with a sword. In Tintin? Yeah, he stabbed uh, Red Rackham with a sword. And, like, then you you see a close-up of the sword basically pointing out at at the camera. I'm like, there's no blood on that sword. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there should be blood because he full-on just stabbed That means there's no consequences to violence. Yeah, see, that's, <laughs> that's exactly, though, like, I have that same problem with stuff. You when know, they don't do it, it's like... They think yeah. horror it is makes this it, bad thing because it shows yeah. all this gore. But yeah, like, but that's why you have to show it. Otherwise, kids are like, I can oh, stick I can you with just, this. And uh, like, you'll just fall you'll just over, You'll just get maybe. up and walk away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's silly. Silly. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I was just thinking about, like, you know, TV in the 50s, all the Western shows, everybody getting shot in the gut. All over TV, <laughs> Saturday morning, you know. Oh. And I'm not an advocate for non on TV, but, but you know, I just believe blood. Yeah. Blood is what violates. I mean, even if it's a little blood or, you know, you don't got to show the blood on the shirt. He can cover the hand, but then, you know, show the hand with some blood on the print, you know, the yeah, palm. Right. Like, oh, yeah. he did get me. I guess I was just <laughs> yeah. surprised. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, not that I don't have a problem with it. You know, I actually like the movie probably more because, like, they, you know, actually had the guy oh, carrying sure. a, a weapon. But it did kind of stand out as like, you know, maybe because he it looks like, and maybe it's my own preconception, you know, going in, it's like you're watching this motion capture movie, and so therefore it's for kids, and then it's like <laughs> there's a kid running around with a gun. You know? maybe, maybe you do maybe you do a double feature. You do Tintin first, and then Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Show your kids well, you know, they, that. Well, the, o- always... the only other, like, adult-themed, you know, CG movie I, that I can think of, you know, was, was Beowulf. You know, like, that movie's got some themes, and there's some jokes and shit going on in that movie. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not for kids, right. but it's still not to the level yeah, of like a Japanese for kids, right? Yeah, but there's yeah. never well the fact that it's like CG motion know. capture, it's right? It was them trying to like, kids. yeah, but they do Ralph Bakshi. What's another know? CG motion capture movie that wasn't made for kids? 
aside from Tintin, which kind of is. No, that doesn't mean there should be a first. No, but uh, that's, <laughs> right, you're right, you're right. But I guess where, where I was going with this is back to Grave of the Fireflies, where like the Japanese say, like you know, animation is okay, and like it's just accepted that you can make adult, you know, themes and adult themed stories out of animation. Where here it's like we're gonna do an adult themed story, but we're still gonna have dragons and you know. <laughs> And all this shit in it that, like, will appeal to the 15-year-old and everybody, you know, for yeah. the new Beowulf, you know. But there are some people like Samurai, if you ever watch Samurai Jack, Andy Tatoski, you know, that guy. That's a fantastic show. Oh, my God. You know, it's like, it's kind of a normal cartoon through some of the episodes, but there's at least guaranteed two to three episodes per season. What is it, like, four seasons? Something like that. Three yeah, or four. something like that. There's at least three or four episodes that are, like, downright as epic as like any Conan movie. I mean, the guy <laughs> just knows. Sto- he actually storyboarded the 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 end fight uh, in Iron Man Two. No. Huh? Yeah. So I mean, that Fair. guy, he just knows. Supposedly he's supposed to be doing the Dark Crystal sequel. Oh yeah. And he did do Hotel that. Transylvania. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, which I thought was weird for him. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, but that guy, that guy, he can. Did not know there was gonna be a Dark <laughs> Crystal. Season. They've been talking about it for a while. They just yeah, came out with for a, a while. It's like, uh, yeah, what the hell? Was it? it was around the same time I heard they were gonna do a, like maybe another, uh, maybe a sequel to Tron. Where you're like, yeah, that'll get off the ground because they kept talking about that. And then oh. it's like we live in a world where there was a sequel to Tron. Yeah, it was horrible. It was what are you what? talking about? What? It was awesome. Yeah, like yeah, that movie. Yeah, I like that movie yeah. a lot. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Well, they had the dude in it. Oh man, I think it's playing the dude. Okay, had so the young we've every single. We've had all these like awesome movies from the '80s, right? And then it's like 20 years later, you get. Rambo, you get Die Hard, you get Indiana Jones, and you get uh, 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 what were we just talking about? Uh, Tron. Tron. Yeah. All these movies are about these dudes' sons. It's just like, oh no! Every uh, all our favorite filmmakers have grown <laughs> up. They're all do? old men, yeah. they're, but they're making. It's like when they were young, they're like, man, when I was a kid, I wanted to see this, and it was going to look awesome. But now that they're old men, they're like, these stupid little kids, they want to <laughs> see this. It's like they yeah, don't yeah. – so they're – I don't know. It's like I, I think they can't tap into that childhood spirit if they're trying to make a movie about an old man connecting with his son. Cause that's an old man story. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's the, the, uh, the idea being that the audience who saw that – Movie originally has you know and was the age of the Did filmmaker. Rambo? Yeah, Rambo was one. Son. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I said Rambo. Strike it from there. I thought you were talking about like well, I meant old Rocky. Men, old, I meant Rocky, yeah, not Rocky, Rambo. Rocky, Rambo. Oh, His old oh. actors coming back and going like, "Well, I've done a bunch of shit that hasn't made any money, but I was awesome when I was." I am still kick ass. ass. <laughs> but exactly, they're just selling their name. They're not really selling the movie. Well, they're to be, name, to be fair them. though, in the new Die Hard, it's not his son. It's his daughter. No, it's his son. <laughs> the <laughs> new one, the the good day to Die Hard. That better be rated R. Yeah, like I thought it was about his daughter. Oh, no, the, the Live Free or Die Hard. Oh. Yeah, they just keep cranking those fucking oh, things man. out, man. This one looks rated R, though. <laughs> the last one looked the rated R, and then they cut all the yeah. fucking swearing out of well, it. Well, hopefully. Yeah. They made it PG-13. It's retarded. Yeah, hopefully, you know. <laughs> yeah. More people can show up if it's rated PG-13. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. Hey, motherfucker. Demographics ruin actual art. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah. then, uh, you know, you were talking about, like, you know, so I thought you were talking about actors coming back, but if you're talking about filmmakers, then it is. It's like, you know, the filmmaker said, I made, you know, Indiana Jones when I was in my 30s, remembering my childhood, and this is what I want, or whatever. And then, so now you're supposed to have grown up with Indiana Jones. Yeah. Now you're like, I've got kids, too. But they're still trying to cater the movie towards you want the a kids. Pepsi? Do you, yeah. Would you like a Pepsi? Yeah. We don't. We, we don't. Can speak we're not affiliated this, with yeah. Pepsi. I, <laughs> I'll take a Ranger. All right. Oh, he's a Ranger. He's a Ranger. He's a Ranger. Sponsored by yeah. Ranger. You not really. You don't want to mess with him. the Hunter. He's oh, he's a Ranger. The Hunter with Willem Dafoe. The yeah, Hunter, and it's got Sam Neill in it. So yeah. Not a trip. bad movie. He's going after the Tasmanian Tasmanian Devil. Devil. It's not a bad movie. I yeah, I do want to see that. That's not a bad movie. I had a, big, I had a big movie week. I watched Shutter Island, The Hunter. I saw 10 minutes of Puppet Master 10. You saw 10 10? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is Puppet Master 10 with the Nazis? It's with the Nazis. Oh, it's dude, how was it? it was, I watched 10 minutes of it. Ah. It was not good. It was not good. They spent so much money on Nazi uh, sets and designs that they didn't spend enough money yeah, on the Yeah, we were talking about move. that before. We watched more than 10 minutes of the last Puppet Master, and that was not good. No, it was horrible, because that was the movie they used to trick everybody to pay money for it to make this movie. Wow. And then Charles Band collected all his autograph money <laughs> from, like, the past few years' horror convention. Yeah. And he put this one out to get a few more bucks. But what was awesome about the only thing that was awesome I think that, I think that about the Puppet <laughs> Master 10 DVD was that it was the return of the Video Zone. Oh, Video me. Zone, which, I mean... Yeah, it was that. funny because in this video zone, he actually pointed this out. I would have never came to this conclusion, but he's like, we started like behind the scenes, come deleted scene before DVD, before it became like the thing to have because all the movies, if you waited till after the credits, all the full moon movies had the had the full moon entertainment video zone where it was like a behind, the making of the movie and. Yeah, but wasn't was Laserdisc was around at the same time? Weren't they doing, like... Uh, I'm not sure. I wasn't a Laserdisc dude. I was just a VHS guy, yeah. you know, since I came into America in, like, 87. You know, I they were already on, like, Puppet Master, like, yeah. well, three or... Because four and five came out in the early 90s. When are they going to bring back subspecies? I heard that, too, which... We, are I you serious? Bring, I, I need to bring over subspecies because I've never... <laughs> Yeah, because they're dude on that on that video zone. <laughs> this is what, he, and this is why we need to up our game because I know we were better than that on some <laughs> level because it's like like you say he put all his money in this area. He said we were gonna be making a movies every five every five weeks. We're starting production on a new movie. They're, they're gonna Wait, have that's a, what he's saying they're doing now. Yeah, well, he the, used the video to, I remember zone, like, like, like 1995 or 1980 something. He was like, we're gonna have like. 20 mo- 2,000 movies by the year 2000 or something. Well, like he, never, <laughs> he never made a movie without having it end in like a cliffhanger and having the sequel prepared in a way, some in some sort of form of production, you know? Yeah. That way, I remember uh, there was a movie called Knights. Did you ever see Knights? It was about no. like cyborg, like it was like a <laughs> cyborg sword and sorcery. He had some some woman who was like a mixed martial arts fighter or something like that. But it was actually a print to me that was like one of the last like actually good full moon movies, but you know, they set it up as as a cliffhanger and they never made the sequel to it. <laughs> oh, it killed me. Yeah. Oh, it Man. killed me. Oh, there's a good one. Good full moon movies. I oh, used to watch one. I worked in a video store. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch a shitload of those. Like at one point I was like I had a compilation tape of like all these full moon movies and I'm like I don't even know if you, you 
I remember there was one called Dr. Mordred with Jeff Combs. Yeah. That I thought was pretty good. And there was this one, man, I can't remember what it was called, Netherworld or something. Nether- it was like oh, yeah, in it was, the uh, Louisiana bayou, and this guy got a house. Like it was all spooky house. I don't know. Yeah, Netherworld had the hand coming out on the yeah, cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said there, uh, uh, Charles Mann said they're going to be making a bride of the head of the family. Yeah, but see, that's the problem. Because <laughs> now all their, at least they were like, they were kind of halfway serious because they did all the Stuart Gordon movies yeah. and stuff like all the H.P. Lovecraft stuff. And now it's like head of the family and like killer bong and you know, but, but they're <laughs> shrunken head. Yeah, they're starting to. But I mean, come on, look at like I mean, Troma and Full Moon. They're the yeah, kings yeah, of the. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, just put it out. Just yeah. put it out. And I, I kind of respect it in a way. I kind of respect it in a way because really the only thing that makes those movies bad is is kind of some of the just really. I don't know weak sets and the fact that they don't use film anymore. So the and sets the, and the, the lighting or screenplays suck. Oh, the screenplays are have, horrible. Well, probably because they're you know. But how did they? They did so good and do it for like a hundred. So good in the early eighties. Uh, they didn't do good in the early eighties. Oh, well, but for the audience though, because I mean, yeah, when like I saw Full Moon, I like was like uh, twelve, thirteen. Well, well Doll Man. No, no, Trancers. Yeah, Trancers was one of those. Reanimator was one. There was uh, there was something but else like Reanimator's not really Full Moon though. Well, that gave it's him the money to make Full Moon because that was the Charles Band deal. Was it? Did, like, I thought just yeah. Brian Yuzna. No, that was Charles Band. Really? Produced. Yeah, because uh, Richard Band did the music on that, ripping off Bernard Herrmann. No, he did I thought it was like Henry Mancuso or something like that. No, on Reanimator. I thought. Yeah, no, it's Richard Band ripping off the theme to Psycho. Oh yeah, Bernard but he Herman. still says he doesn't. He still claims yeah. that. Really? Yeah. No, On the can't. special features There's of Reanimator, no he's like, oh, people claim that it's like blah blah blah. Because it's exactly. There's no way. Well, I think he claims that it's it's an homage, not a rip off. Yeah, well, but it's yeah, like it's yeah. a rip off. It's not a. <laughs> it sounds completely <laughs> like it. Yeah. Exactly like, except for the where the original goes down, we go up. Except for yeah, we're well like what what is the original? Okay, but besides the. Yeah. Oh, oh! The only thing that is actually the reanimator is the. That's from the original. Oh, that is from the original. <laughs> what is the only part then? Because I know there's, there's like a. a there's da, a da, 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 da. Yeah, that's it. But even it. that is close to is like it? the original stuff. Yeah. Did 3D help that movie or no? We're rolling. Did 3D help Tintin I think or no? Uh, all of the uh, computer movies look really good in 3D just because... It's, just, it's because it's easy to do them in 3D. You're already exactly, talking about exactly. dimension You don't need extra Thanks, cameras dude. and fancy equipment. It's The data is there. It's in 3D already, so they go like, well, it doesn't cost much to re-render it in 3D. Well, and like this, most of it, from what I yeah. saw, a lot of it was in focus. A lot of things that would have been out of focus in a live-action movie... They kept in focus for a lot of times, and that's my main gripe about any 3D movie, the fact that they're still mimicking the human eye with the camera, but it's like you got your own goddamn human eye. You're watching it in 3D. If you're looking, if they put a gate in front of someone's face and both are in focus, you know, you can look through the gate at yeah, the person, and your yeah. eyes are going to make that gate out yeah. of focus, and they're not giving you that option. They're just putting blurry stuff in front of, yeah, or in the background, and, yeah. you know, because, I mean... They're still trying to make it look cinematic, I exa- guess. Well, they're making it 
you're able to watch it in 2D as well. That's why it's like they should really make two versions. They should make the 3D version where everything's in focus from from background to foreground, and then make the 2D version where it does do the focus thing because yeah, you know, you should be able to look at what you want to look at at the screen. I don't know. I mean, I'm of the opinion that 3D stuff adds something to every movie. You know, it's like I I would prefer to see everything in 3D, but that's just me. I'm a freak. You know, I'm a fan of 3D. But I'm also, I mean, I prefer, like, if you're going to do it, you know, I treat it as a gimmick and, you know, throw stuff at the screen because otherwise, you know, when, I think when it's not, you become so used to what you see. You don't, you don't have that instant recall of, like, hey, you remember, what's the coolest 3D moment from that movie? You're like, uh, what, yeah. what's the best 3D moment in Prometheus? Yeah. Well, you know what I'll I tell you remember. was... What about this? But, I mean, I can tell you when Jaws 3D, when that goddamn shark came through, that, you know, or the guy's <laughs> arm came off, or the, you know, there was, like, a dozen things in that movie where I'm like, even My Bloody Valentine, which oh, is pretty X. early in this, uh, well, the shotgun, the guy was like, the yeah, who's out there? Oh, and yeah. he's got the shotgun. That moved <laughs> over the, the first three rows of the audience oh, where I saw it. I'm like, that yeah, was just awesome. Yeah. You, know? Well, you know, one of the things that solidified my opinion about the whole focus thing is actually the beginning of Prometheus, where you can see the utensil poking through to the audience, you know, you can see the Is that any good in 3D? The, okay, well... It, like, yeah. it, it adds it adds a certain amount of stuff, but it, it ruined <laughs> you know? it when the when the instrument went through and you can see, but then it rack focused onto her face. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. man, what did it? You know, it was just it would be awesome to see all the detail going all the way yeah. through to really get that depth. Because as yeah. soon as they went to rack focus, it's like you might as well be watching a two D movie. Yeah, because that's is, not that's not three cool D at all. It is cool to see it in three D because yeah. there's a bunch of stuff where like I don't know, I, you'd have to see. There's a couple shots I can think of where like. You know, they use depth in a way that's dramatic, but there's nothing really like... And I'm even trying to think of, like, you know, Hugo did a lot of stuff, uh, like what you're talking about, where you're always looking through something at the main character. There was always something that, that seemed like in the foreground, and you're looking through it to see, you know, yeah. the action in the background behind it. Yeah, and uh, I think Tintin had that a lot, too. Like, I made a mental note when, like, the uh, the bars of the jail cell that he was yeah. in. Well, the uh, dustmotes so were pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know what? Oh, yeah. Okay. But so they've uh, always done dust and well, like dust fire did, did and like see, uh, snow. Did you see yeah. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter in 3D? No, I have not. That was All in right. 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I got oh, it, dude. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, you're 3D. Here for some yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where for a treat, he's got people it. People see it in fucking 2D. I would like to see that movie. Okay, so that is the dust. That is the dust mite or dust moat movie. Cool. Right? Because I'm sitting there going like, there's no way that they photographed this shit with this much dust in the air that was just there. I'm like, this has to be 3D, yeah. like like CG dust mites. Wait, did you see and it in later, 3D first? Yeah, yeah, because I became aware of it. I'm like sitting there going like, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of shit floating around, like, you know, out in the theater. I'm like, is that in the in the projector beam? Uh, or is that in the <laughs> movie? And then I saw it on video, and I'm like, oh my God, there's like, there is a fucking shit. Every scene has got a bunch of dust just floating in the air to give it that kind of... And I'm like, that's cool. Because uh, I'm thinking of other uh, good 3D visual moments. Uh, Tom loaned me a game called Killzone 3 
and that game has like there's either snow, building snow or fire, or fire embers. Yeah. Dust. And it seems like all the time. And I think like 3D, you know, like takes advantage of like rain. Uh, you know, Resident Evil. Uh, what was it? Not Retribution. The one before that. Whatever the fuck it was called. There's that fight with the big dude with the axe in the uh, bathroom, and there's like there's that water. I really think that was all that. 3D. And she's got the gun and through the water. I mean, yeah, but the water breaks up the plane of depth. I mean, yeah. it gives you like something to look through. So you, you know? play those games with the glasses? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Weird. Nice. I can't wait yeah. for the next yeah. gimmick, the che- Texas Chainsaw 3D. That's going to be... Yeah, Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> that's going to be so fun. When is They're that doing on? it again. Texas Chainsaw 3D. Uh, yeah, this one's going to come out here in like a month. It's a sequel to yeah, the original it, it Texas out, Chainsaw It comes movie. out soon. <laughs> it comes out really yeah, soon. It's like, like just in time for Christmas. No, is no, it before? I don't know. I, I think, think it's January. It I think they wait till Yeah, I can't wait for that movie. Because those are the only movies that aren't afraid to do 3D the way it's meant to be. Yeah, they'll do the gimmick. They'll do the... Exploitation movies will do the gimmick. They yeah. rule. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. And then you got The Hobbit, and I know you're going to go see The Hobbit, and it's going to be 3D. And what about like Monsters Incorporated 3D? I might, I might see yeah, Monsters but they Incorporated don't again. Do, they don't fucking poke shit out. Of, I mean, like, I don't know why I'm, I'm stuck on that. As but being uh, like, in but mo- that Monsters to me, like, when I was a kid and thought about, like, what 3D was, yeah. 3D was, like, you know, something comes out and fucking punches you in the face, basically. And I go to see these films nowadays, and it's like, okay, it's more like it's the European uh, uh, sensibility of 3D that we're going to make these compositions, and there's going to be depth, but what it's really doing is, like, you know, giving you place, and, you know, you it feels like there, you know, uh. things are really there. But the only time that that works, I would say, is uh, Avatar worked because... Well, here's why. Because that whole thing's synthetic, and you have real actors interacting with fake uh, CG I characters. I didn't even think it was But your that brain, se- you know, because you're seeing them interacting with each other in three-dimensional space, your bra- it sells it to your brain that these, this is real that I'm looking at. You know, uh, Prometheus did some of that. Uh, there was something else. The Hobbit, obviously, is going to do that. There's going to be a bunch of CG people interacting with real-life actors, and you're going to, like... I totally buy it because it's 3D and... Go. See, video games don't Wait, really work that well, though, in 3D. 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shot shit. in, yeah, shot really? in 3D. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. Oh. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's where that type of, you know, it's like, okay, so we got, like, you know, you've established that you're the completely fake thing, Gollum, is actually interacting with Bilbo Baggins because when you see it in 3D, it's fooling your mind because... That guy is. It looks like he's inhabiting the actual same, you know, three-dimensional space. I bought that in two D. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, thing. I guess that's the thing. You know, does yeah. it add? Uh, See, I know, don't buy it in two D. That's why I wasn't a big fan of the Lord of the Rings movies. Is I thought no? Gollum just to me isn't like a fully realized like computer that, animated character. Like, it say what I don't know if it's the the Bobby's World voice. That throws me off, you know, that voice that Howie Mandel's been doing forever. It oh, just, man. you know, it doesn't, it, uh, it like takes me away from the monster that Gollum is or something, but, uh. That's like, ah, uh, no, come on. It's it's like, uh, uh, man, when you see Gollum in the, I think it's the second one. When you first see him in the daylight and he's like got that thing around his, the, the leash around his neck and he's like, it hurts us, master. You know, like that shit looks real. 
even now, even on Blu-ray, that shit looks. Really yeah, actually, he did survive pretty well on Blu-ray. Like everything else, kind of looks like it's gonna look bad in ten years, but uh, Gollum still looks pretty good. That looks, yeah. I and even I thought, like, you know, because what, King Kong was probably the next evolution after Gollum, and then Avatar was the evolution after that, and then I don't know where we're at now. Uh, well, I think Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, really, yeah, 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 you're right, yeah, yeah. Really did a lot. Caesar, yeah. Caesar was awesome. Well, even Tintin. What? I mean, Tintin. Actually, looks... Andy Serkis is pretty good, because he, yeah. he did two, he did, uh... Andy Serkis might be my favorite actor. He did, like, uh, <laughs> Heavenly Sword, he was in that game, and then he was in uh, Enslaved. Right, he directed the mocap stuff on that. And, like... And that gave him... Because now he directed the second unit on Lord of the... On the Hobbit. Yeah, like God, the, the only, like, live-action movie he's ever done as him... Well, Death not Watch? as him, is Death Watch, that horror movie. Of no, he was in Burke and Hare. He was in John Landis's Burke and Hare. He's in Return of the King. He's like... He's also he's also in Enslaved, like at the end. That's like, a video game. Though. He's in the beginning of Return. He's, of the he, no, he's yeah, at the for, like a scene. He's at the end of, of Enslaved as scene. himself. He is like the think guy you're going to. Yeah, he said movie. Apollo Circus. Yeah, Death Or won't you give me a live action yeah. It was him and Simon Pegg. They he's, play the Grey Him and Ro- him and Rowan uh, Rowan Atkinson. Is that Mr. Bean? I would put him up yeah. against like Tom Hanks. You know, I mean, like he's really that good. I'd yeah. have to see him in a live action movie before I can make that. Assessment. He's in Return of the King. I mean, like acting. <laughs> he's acting in he's Return of the King. Like Dude, I said, he's the goal of the Golem Boys. Like fucking. I mean, maybe it's because he's from uh, England, Caesar but like the, the Golem Boys is like is it acting. sounds like Animal. It sounds like Bobby. <laughs> so I can fucking do that Golem like, voice. It just wasn't a very inventive like, like when that cartoon from Rankin and Bass from the eighties. That was a Golem voice. That guy had an awesome. I voice. know, right? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> he was he's like, my master. Right, I believe you know? that the Rankin and Bass. Golem was had a creepier voice. That actor, he was in like almost all of the Rankin Bass stuff. His oh, voice was just so crazy. I don't even know the guy's name. Are you talking about the rotoscope? He just had a weird no, that voice. Uh, that kind of sounded like was this. Frank Bakshi or Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. No, let's no, 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 no. no but that was like seventy. That was what you were talking about. Yeah. No, no, no. Rankin Bass the is the. They did one for television. They did that, two for Rankin television. And ba- I mean, Rankin they did and the Hobbit, still and did the they Lord did of the Rings. Return of the King. They still did the. Yeah. They still did the Ralph Bakshi one. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're yeah. still ranking it back. Yeah, yeah, it they is ranking it back. They just went to Ralph Bakshi for some reason. They went back yeah. to uh, whoever their other designer was. Yes. Yeah, uh, he's best. No, he's correct. He's one hundred percent correct on that. All he did was Silverhawks, Thundercats. The you're, Hobbit. You're talking about the Lord of the Rings. Lord of the movie. Rings, Return of the King. It's Rankin and Bass. Uh, the Last it is Unicorn. Rankin Looking that up. It's a Rankin Bass Light movie. Like a dragon. Yeah. I own that thing. I own that thing on Blu-ray, man. Okay. I know Rankin and Bass. There's nothing more terrifying than rotoscoping. Downtown to Goblin Town. Yeah. Exactly. Yo ho, my lad. We see orcs oh, rotoscoped. <laughs> Man, that's shit scary. I still, I'm still weirded out by like the whole like. Uh, yep. Uh, oh, there it is. Always Christopher down, Gard and William Squire. Well, because I'm like, uh, because so, have you ever seen? Um, all right. Well, I get it. I get it. Let, let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. Let me admit to the audience. It's let me admit to the audience. 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 Let me admit to
I may be mispronouncing his last name. No, it's not part of Rankin or Bass. His name's not Rankin or Bass. I I need to see a cover of of that that cartoon. Rankin and Bass did The Hobbit, and and they did Return of the King. I could have sworn to God they did. In between that period of time, uh, Ralph Bakshi did Lord of the Rings as a theatrical movie. He made yeah. it for the movie, but uh, for the, the screen. But he only did like half the fucking books. It's weird. Yeah, ends, it's fucked I think up. it ends like <laughs> it at ends Helm's two ta- Yeah, it ends at two towers. It ends yeah, before, and, it's like, and then to be continued. And he never made the second half yeah, of the movie. Like never did up. it. I'm like, it's fucked up. Because it was kind of. I like his motion capture, but that. it was actually piss poor for his motion capture. It just yeah. The, well, the back then, I mean, it's not good. it's not motion capture. It's rotoscoping, well, which rotoscoping is basically is like motion ca- yeah, mean, it's, it's old motion school. Capture, it's the original motion capture. It's yeah. you go and Disney, you actually hire actors. Everybody film them and build then you an animation them. off of that. And Disney yeah. wouldn't be it's, where they were. Fleischer invented it. Mm-hmm. Fleischer invented it. The guy that did Betty Boop, Popeye, Superman, all animation needs to bow its head to to Max Fleischer for he invented how to animate like you know awesome precise. You know, a lot of people think that's cheating, but it's like they're just trying to do something precise. They just want it to look fluid, and you know, it's like, like you're before a time of CG. You know, what else are you going to do? You, you're trying to make it easier for the animators to do things in perspective. Right. But, you know. You'll get a better, more human, you know, yeah, performance human. by actually filming real There's humans. A, have and you seen American somehow, Pop? Yeah, that's a Bakshi movie. I'll have to bring over American Pop. There's this one scene where this guy gets mad and he does like this, like... This like almost like a punch in the air, but he hesitates, and it's just like you can't get that. Yeah, yeah, with his with your own anime, yeah, it's like that's a human. Movie. I mean, it's just yeah. yeah. What it's, was that movie with? Uh, it had the dude from Keanu Reeves. It was like a sci-fi movie, and it was oh, like Waking Life. Yeah, yeah. no, Life. not Waking Life. Sorry, the other one was uh, through a scanner darkly or scanner, scanner darkly. Oh, scanner yeah. darkly. Yeah, yeah. But that he used weird. What is that called? Soft shell or cell shading? Is that what it's no, called? No, but that was rotoscoped. Yeah, they, wrote, they just drew over. Oh know, yeah. Yeah. It's basically. Is yeah. Renaissance like that or no? I haven't no, seen Re- Renaissance. Renaissance is 3D animation. Is it? Yeah. But they still, it's still. It's just black and white. But it's still like motion capture it's or motion whatever. Motion capture. I gotta see. You got that in 3D or? No, I, no, it wasn't oh. made in 3D. Oh. But no, oh, I'm oh, saying three-dimensional. Oh, I, yeah. I got it, I got it, I got yeah. it. I got CG. I got it, I got it, I got it. So Scanner Darkly is... They filmed the movie. They filmed they, the movie. They drew over the top the of it. Dude that's called... The, 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 it's rotoscope. technical. Now, why, why yeah. did they choose that as a... Why, why not... Why did they have to do that? Is that a Cronenberg film? It just no, makes it's your characters a, uh, move Richard more, Linklater? more fluidly, oh, more realistically. Linklater. Yeah, he made a new, another movie before that, I think, called Waking Life. Yeah, yeah Waking Life. That was, I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking for my movie to do the Bill Plimpton, because, you know, he's one dude, he's the only independent animator that's, like, ever been around, really, to make a living off of animating his own stuff. And this guy, I mean, just what he does without the use of rotoscoping is beyond what almost, I mean, anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, I mean, the guy's just amazing, especially with transitions. The guy can take anything and turn it into the next scene. You know what I mean? Right. Animation of whales. 
All right, so next week's feature is uh, we're gonna Wait. come in. Oh, oh. Django. Do we wanna give it away? Django. Oh, it's too late here. Well, I thought. Yeah, we, next we did it last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or did you yeah. cut, cut? Did we? Did no, did you I think it's there. So next week's feature is gonna be Django. Django. So it's the first film that we're gonna watch that's not like contemporary. We're gonna dig back in the archives. We're doing it partially because Quentin Tarantino has got a movie called Django Unchained. Coming out, which is uh, related but not related. Yeah, related but not related. <laughs> One to of the forty Django. sequels. And <laughs> tune in next week for our coverage of Django, where we're gonna have spaghetti dinner to celebrate that spaghetti western film. Maybe some beef jerky. Maybe. No, I think we're saving that for the cannibal that's movie. All I've ever seen him uh, eating in any western. Yeah. Beef jerky. We'll say anything with cannibal. Just beef jerky. <laughs> and we're gonna drink a lot of whiskey. You can follow us on Saturday Night Freak Show dot dot com and also on Twitter where I think our handle is Sat Sat Freak Show on Twitter. <laughs> C'est ainsi que tu me surnommes Tu crois bien sûr me connaître mieux que personne Marie-Cola, elle existe aussi, fais bien attention Je te l'aide et j'habite cent mille fois sur tous les temps Marie-Douceur a beaucoup, beaucoup de patience Oui, mais un jour Je me connaître mieux que personne.